Hello, and thank you for downloading this podcast from Teacher Magazine. I'm Rebecca Vukovic. Australia's school principals are overwhelmed by the amount of work they're doing. They're having great difficulty sleeping and they are experiencing high rates of offensive behaviour and physical attacks, according to 2018 data collected for the Principal Health and Wellbeing Survey. The survey monitors school principals, deputy or assistant principals' health and wellbeing annually. Since it first began in 2011, data has been collected from about 50% of Australia's 10,000 principals. Associate Professor Philip Riley from Australian Catholic University's Institute of Positive Psychology and Education is the survey's chief investigator, and he is my guest in this episode of The Research Files. In today's chat, we discuss some of the interesting points to come out of this data collection and why principals receive interactive feedback after completing the survey. We also discuss the impact that long work hours are having on principals' well-being their family life, and their ability to maintain a healthy lifestyle. Let's jump straight in. So the Principal Health and Wellbeing Survey has been collecting data from school leaders since 2011. And here at Teacher, we've interviewed you on a number of occasions about the survey. And we're here today to talk about the latest findings from 2018. Could you share with me some of the key findings from this collection? Um, yes. Well, it's sort of Groundhog Day, isn't it? I mean, every year we speak and I tell you that it's got a little bit worse and <laughs> this year is the same, unfortunately. Um, that's not completely true. In Victoria, we've had um, a bit of a turn towards the positive and uh, the Victorian Department of Education instigated a number of new programs around the wellbeing strategy for principals this year and it looks like that has had some positive effects. So that's a nice finding. But basically, things are getting worse across the board. So work hours, um, the offensive behaviour levels, you know, threats of violence, physical violence, um, bullying, all of that stuff is all on the increase. So it is a bit Groundhog Day-ish, I'm afraid. Mm. And I'm wondering if there was anything particularly different about the results this time. Like, what were some of the things that stood out to you? Well, the, uh, the Victorian one is that I think is the standout. It's too early to make any big claims about that because they um, started their strategy shortly before we collected data and there was, we've, we're either picking up a bit of a sort of honeymoon period um, around that and clearly there are some areas in which they've made some significant improvements around policy templates and things like that that I think principals have appreciated. So there's been a... a, a a turn towards the positive, but it's very small because the timing of the, the strategy and then our data collection. So next year, or sorry, this year's data collection will be very interesting to see if that is maintained or increased as the, the policies start to take root. Mm. And could you tell me a little bit now about the demographic of the participants in the study? Yeah, so we've got, um, every year we get a between a quarter and a third of all um, school leaders in the country um, filling out the survey, and that's across all sectors, um, all states and territories. Um, this year we got about, I think it was about 28%, sorry, in the, the year just gone, mm-hmm. you know, 
current data year, uh, about 28%. It's, we look at things like Ixia and match it against um, the ACARA data, and basically we've got a perfect sample. So I'm very um, confident that the figures that we're returning are quite robust and very representative of the whole country. And that's been the same basically every year. And across the eight years of the survey so far, we've had um, almost 6,000 separate participants. So we're talking about well over half the principals in the country have done it at least once, and many of those people have done it more than once. Mm. And another thing I find quite interesting is all the principals, deputies and assistant principals who complete the survey receive interactive feedback that's tailored to their own specific context. Could you tell me a little bit more about that and and the benefits that it offers to those educators? Yeah, sure. So um, because they're so busy, when I first set this up, there was no way I was going to not give each individual who completed a survey something really useful for themselves. You know, a lot of researchers come in, say, thank you very much, disappear. Nobody knows what happens with the findings or whatever. And, And clearly principals are very busy people and I wanted them to get some real benefit. So we set up an automatic reporting system that um, kicks in as they complete the survey and and it calculates their own um, quite detailed individual picture of their own health and wellbeing and takes them to an interactive web page where they can measure themselves against the general population and against other principles um, on 45 different dimensions of their own health and wellbeing all the way through from workload and things like that to the levels of um, burnout and sleep difficulties and things like that that they're experiencing and there's some advice around that connected to their results so their their results are, are blocked into groups of you know sort of from low risk through high risk and um, one of the things that we offer to those individuals is also a red flag system so there are some key areas in the uh, report which is quality of life if their quality of life is two standard deviations below the mean for principles they'll get a red flag email from the system that says you know you you maybe need to think seriously about how you're conducting um, your work practices and there's a there's a self-harm question in there as well so clearly if they're saying they feel like self-harming or have in the past week uh, that will generate a red flag again warning that you know things are not good and um, the final way is a, is a composite psychosocial risk, which is a, a, a much bigger calculation across sort of three quarters of the questions of the survey. And, and again, we calculate the risk to people and put them into low or no risk, low risk, medium, high and very high. And if they fall in the high or very high groups, they get a, uh, a red flag email. And the, the, the sad news about all of that is this year, a third of principals in the country got a red flag. Wow. So one in three are clearly showing signs of distress. Now, usually the email um, comes with my contact details and and people contact me and say, for most people, I think it's not a surprise. It's just a confirmation of what they already know about how they're travelling. For a few people, it is a surprise. And... um, the people who are not surprised have some of them have done a, a fair bit of um, thinking and soul searching, and, and um, we, we encourage people to probably discuss the, their results with their GP. 
and maybe think about a personalised health plan and, and um, other lifestyle changes and things. But the real issue, I think, given so many of them are getting a red flag email, is that the system itself is not working. So there's too much pressure coming at them from outside, which of course turns into stress at some point inside the individual and then eventually people don't cope as well as they might. Mm -hmm. So I think it's a pretty sad indictment on the system as it's currently configured across the country. And, and the thing about it is it's very uniform. The red flags are in every state and territory. They're across all three sectors. Um, yeah, so it's, I think it's clearly a picture of the system. Mm. not the individuals, although the individuals are suffering. Yeah, and work hours is now something I'd like to talk about, and I imagine it impacts on this as well. Oh, absolutely. But, yeah, because the results found that principals are working far too much. On average, 53% of Australian principals worked upwards of 56 hours each week during term, and during school holidays, approximately 40% work upwards of 25 hours per week. So, of course, then what impact do these hours have on a principal's well-being and their ability to maintain a healthy lifestyle as well? Well, it's clearly when you're doing that many hours at work, you're not taking care of other things that are important in your life, like your family. So one of the, um, the other measures we have is a measure called work-family conflict. So that's running at about two and a half times or just under two and a half times the population rate. Now, family conflict is work continually getting in the way of your family functioning. So it's the, I can't go to the birthday because I've got to stay back and do, do something at school or I've got it, you know, there's a, a, an after-school meeting or whatever. Um, and it's just long hours. That's really all around, I think, this increasing accountability framework that principals work in. So there's a lot of compliance work that they have to do and it just takes a lot of time. And um, that leads to what we call moral stress in the literature. So that is, I'm doing so much of this accountability work that I can't do the work that I really should be doing as a principal, which is leading teaching and learning in the school. And they see that as a moral stress because they're not doing what they should be doing. So that kind of compounds um, this idea of, of work hours, that they're doing so much work. So they try to do the teaching and learning and then save the other stuff up for when um, you know, there's nobody around in the school and they're doing all the compliance work then, but that interferes a lot with their family functioning. So it's a bit of a vicious cycle. Mm. And given all that we've spoken about today, it's quite interesting that again in 2018, school leaders report significantly higher job satisfaction than the general population. So why do you think this is? I think they know they're doing really important work. I mean, I think that also leads to the moral stress. They're not doing as much of that as they think they can do and are capable of because they're doing too much compliance work. But they know that they are contributing to the next generation of Australians. They're changing lives. In many cases, they're turning lives around. And um, that's a wonderfully satisfying thing to be able to do and say at the end of the day, I really helped that person. Mm. And just finally then, the report suggests that the wider community has a role to play in improving conditions for school leaders. It suggests that the community actively supports its local school and works to stop all offensive behaviour directed at school leaders. So in your view, how do we achieve this outcome? 
That's a really difficult one, isn't it? Because, you know, principals aren't the only people who are working long hours. And the last thing most people who are working long hours want to do is go and do extra volunteer work as well. But I think if we don't, um, as a society, take some decisions that we do want to look after our local schools and we do want them to really flourish, whether your children go there or not, um, it would be good for every community to have a highly um, successful and well-functioning school around the corner. And there could be all kinds of ways that communities can help make that happen by providing resources or just being around, just supporting people. You know, we've, we've got a fairly strong blame culture in Australia, which I think we need to um, kind of set aside a bit and start saying, how can I help, rather than what somebody else ought to be doing. That's all for this episode. To keep listening or to download any of the podcasts in our archive, just visit acr.ac forward slash teacher iTunes or soundcloud.com forward slash teacher hyphen ACER. The full transcript of this podcast is available at teachermagazine.com.au. That's where you'll also find links to subscribe to our podcast channels or to our email bulletin so you never miss a story.